Hello and welcome to the Soulful Mamas podcast. You're with your host Maria and I'm so happy you're here. How are you? How is this as we record on the 21st of February um, day treating you? In New Zealand it's um, the intensity of summer seems to be waning a little bit which is actually quite nice. Um, The first tiny whispers of autumn are making themselves notice but only just a little bit it's very nice actually i wonder if it's the same for you in the northern hemisphere if that um real depth of winter cold is starting to release its grip a little bit you can let me know so today i have a really beautiful guest for you to listen to she is Uh, or her name is Leah LaHue, she's from Dallas, Texas in the States and her work now, she's a birth doula and she is super, super passionate about this work. Uh, She had a birth doula for her own children and it was through this um, support that she received that she realised or tried to even comprehend how how do mamas do it without one. So she loves her work. She's got two children, um, two little boys, three and five, and she still manages to work around the schedules of babies arriving earthside with her own family. And I think, you know, you make things work when you really, really love what you do and you've got that support of your partner, in her case, your husband. Um, to follow this passion and it really is a passion she's all about supporting women in becoming mamas Um, yeah there's so much in there you can listen and you will find out yourself and I will stop talking so without further ado I bring to you the wonderful Leah Leah, welcome. Welcome to the Soulful Mamas podcast. I'm so, so, Thank you. so happy that you're here and you could make it and speak with us all. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell everybody where you're actually speaking from? Because I'm in New Zealand, but you're yes. in a whole different country. <laughs> yes, I am in Dallas, Texas. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, so you're it's a um, cold and rainy day here today. Wow cold and rainy yeah and in New Zealand we're the opposite so we've got so much heat it's quarter to 10 in the morning and it's already t-shirts and the kids are asking for a swim already so <laughs> the complete I opposite. bet yeah <laughs> funny is it? it's funny funny to um wait think about just the polarities I guess um yeah do you want to share with us a little bit about um a little bit about you and your journey into motherhood what that looked like for you I would love to yes so um let's see where shall I start (laughs) so I'm a doula um a birth doula and a childbirth educator here in Dallas um I work with a team that does large volume births um so I've got anywhere from three to six clients per month Um, So I support women in becoming mothers themselves, and that is a a huge passion of mine. I have two children, uh, two boys. I'm a boy mom, 
their ages are five and three and a half, and they're both in preschool. Um, and it's been quite a whirlwind becoming a mom. I, I kind of grew up never wanting kids. Um, I, I actually didn't have the desire at all until I met my husband uh, in a coffee shop in Kansas City. I had, I had just moved there about a month before. Um, and I walked into this really busy kind of, you know, retro looking artistic, like, you know, bumping and grinding coffee shop. It was, it was packed. Um, and there was one table left and I was writing a, um, uh, I guess you could call it a thesis about why people cross paths. So that was my topic that I was writing a page thesis about. And I sat down at the last oak table and right next to me was my future husband. Who, who would have thunk? Um, and after dating him for a little while, I, I realized, you know, I want to make babies with this person. And, and I was, I think I was 31 and I had never had the desire. Like a lot of my friends had already had kids or they were married and I just really I wasn't someone who liked kids that much. You know, I was never like, oh, I can't wait to be a mom. I just mm -hmm. kind of was focused on other areas of myself. And, um, you know, I got that kind of urge when I met my husband. I thought, ah, I got to run the other way. Like, what, what am I going to do? Um, this is terrifying. And you know, I had some some uh, trauma that I hadn't really dealt with from my own upbringing and my own family. And, and family is kind of a... a, a for me in childhood so I had to work through some of those things but um, I had my first son at the age of 35 and um, you know I birthed him in a birthing center in Kansas City and I uh, went totally natural unmedicated and it was the hardest thing I've ever done um, the birth itself yes very hard but the aftermath was even harder and so that's one of the things that kind of spurred me into women's work really overall um, and so my whole identity as a as a woman and a mother and you know the parts of me that are separate from a mother the other you know parts of me that identify in other ways um, has just totally had a a, a huge unearthing I guess you could say um, and it's come with aches and pains and joys and and all the things but I think I'm a a better and stronger woman for it and it's definitely the most fulfilling thing in my life wow wow that's so that's so amazing so beautiful you hear of this quite often actually um and I was one of those people I didn't want I thought I would one day want to have children but I had no desire at all prior to that I was just yeah it's interesting and then suddenly there it is yeah it's it's um and then to go, so obviously the birth doula work that you do now, that wasn't anywhere on your radar for children at all. No, no, it wasn't. So I, I had, I used birth doulas for my birth and um, looking back on my birth experience, you know, as you're kind of reflecting on it and I was looking back and, and seeing it from a new perspective after the birth had happened, I, I thought, how would I have done that without my doulas? Like, I, I really don't think I could have. I would have been really like probably begging for an epidural or, you know, like losing my mind. Um, and, uh, you know, after I had my first child, I 
was pretty, I stayed home with him. So my husband is a paramedic and he was our only income. Um, and so I don't know how it is in New Zealand, but here in the States, you know, not really paid much of a wage. It's, it's barely living wage, um, I would say. Uh, so as much as you know, both of us have, have roles in our jobs that we're very passionate about, but, um, you know, there's kind of a cap on the amount of income with, with that kind of a, uh, a career, yeah. but I stayed home with my son and, um, I, I got to kind of a point where both financially and spiritually, mentally, emotionally for me, I needed to kind of get my mind out of a stay at home mom. I was having quite a bit of anxiety and depression both and I had some postpartum OCD which you know I share those stories on my own podcast as well but um, basically I was kind of at a, at a pretty dark spot and um, I had had my second son at this point and I was just kind of praying for some kind of epiphany right mm-hmm. like show me what I need to do differently like um, I was in this course called the Gene Keys. It was um, a course on a prosperity and abundance. So mm-hmm. basically, it's it's. I don't, have you heard the Gene Keys? Yeah, yeah. I don't okay. know heaps about it, but I, I've like, heard of them. Yeah. Okay, so I, I don't know heaps either. It's very very intricate and complex and personal. The study it's a self study, and I was in this course on prosperity and abundance. And the course that week in the lesson had talked about pay attention to who comes into your field to create with you. Um, People who ask you to create with them right now, like follow those leads. And I received a message from my doula, the woman who was my doula for my second son's birth. And she said, hey, you know, I've been thinking about you and I'm really busy with clients. And I just wondered if you want to be a doula. I mean, I've got goosebumps. I have got goosebumps as you're saying that. Yeah. And so I was like, whoa. You know, of course, it was like loud and clear, like ding, ding, ding. And and this is like me kind of sitting on the floor journaling with tears in my eyes, like that week, like really just kind of at my wits end, like, what do I need to do differently? I'm unhappy, I'm struggling, I'm depressed. And I said, well, let's go to coffee. Um, and so I did and everything just lined up ever since then I mean it has just like suddenly taken off we this was in Kansas City we ended up um, moving to Texas a few months later and I just landed myself in the right place at the right time and my doula business just took off Um, so it was kind of you know luck and I'm using the quotes with my fingers luck uh, but but not (laughs) right no it was completely aligned and meant to be and you listened. Yeah. Hey. Oh, that's so good. Cause it's that yeah. sometimes it is when you're on the floor in that state of despair and what else is there to do? But well, in this case, you listened, you, you were able to surrender. It sounded like lifted it up and it was answered. So good. So, so good. Yeah. Wow. And then from yeah. there, that's, um, that has just continued this business of your business of becoming a birth doula and supporting other mums possibly like you probably like you yes yeah, yeah. yes I, th- I do definitely see some universals in the whole like birth process and the identity shift 
that a mother goes through mm-hmm. when that baby separates from their body, right? It's like, whoa, you're pregnant and you know, you're, you're, oh, okay. It's an idea. Like I'm becoming a mom. I, I, I'm a mom. You're embodying these qualities and you're preparing and getting your, your home home ready and you know all the things that you need to do in order to receive a baby and then the moment that baby separates from your body there's a huge shift spiritually mentally emotionally and physically that a woman goes through so I see that again and again and there's some universals to it but then also very personal and different for each person so it's kind of fascinating yeah it would be and it's just what a gift though to have a guide like you just to notice those little nuances and the subtle shifts and um holding space for the universal things that happen but also recognizing and having awareness of the individual and yeah it is it's like you're holding space for all of that all of that to be and just yeah i i think um in new zealand it's becoming you know, it's not that common, birth daughters, it's, it's becoming more common. And um, I think, oh, I can't wait for it to kind of really open up more. But for particularly um, the New Zealand audience who may not know much about what a, the role of a birth daughter, because we have our midwives who do, you know, most of or all of that work. It's either yeah, mainly the midwife and some midwives are more um so word accepting of a birth daughter to work alongside as well and some would rather just be a one woman show type thing you know <laughs> but it, sure. I think it's more about um awareness really because when it's clear on the different roles there is no competition really you each everyone's holding space in their own different way so yeah do you want to share with us just what is it that you do how what does that role look like for working with mums yeah so um a midwife and a doula are different but they're also very similar and you're like you're right it's kind of like two sides to a coin in a way and so midwives and even OBs here in the states um OBs are the primary I feel like most women in the United States are using OBs, whereas most women in New Zealand are using midwives. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's just kind of a cultural difference there. But an OB and a midwife are responsible for making sure that the mother and baby are safe. So the medical safety of the mother and baby during birth is their responsibility. Um, Whereas a doula, our responsibility is emotional and physical comfort, education, and in some cases, advocacy. So as a doula, our clients typically hire us while they're still pregnant. And we help make sure that they have childbirth education, that they understand the workings of the hospital that they've chosen, that they understand when to leave the house when they're in early labor having contractions, especially because most first-time parents leave hours too early, right? And they get to the hospital in this uncomfortable bed and these bright lights and lots of noises and that can affect labor, right? If you're too early, right? You don't, you don't want to do that. Um, but making sure that, that a woman and her partner understand natural physiological birth and what to expect 
um, understand the importance of relaxation and have techniques to relax because that is the number one way to deal with the pain of birth is to breathe, relax, and surrender. So I focus on a lot of those techniques with my clients. Um, and then we offer really just kind of ongoing support all the way up until the birth. And then we join our clients in labor. So I was at a birth recently. This, this woman was planning to go unmedicated at the hospital. She got to the hospital. She was five centimeters. I, I got there, you know, right around a little bit after her. And I was just kind of riding, you know, just like really struggling, like ready to get the epidural. And even though she really wanted to go natural. So a birth doula will come in and start must pain, do comforts like squeeze the hips or pushing on the tailbone. Um, my first technique with her was with her was I filled up the bathtub, right? You know, I started the bath and said, we need to get you in the water. You need a reset. You need a break. You need to relax. So, you know, I put these little twinkle lights in the bathroom and filled up the bathtub, put the pillows all around. So she laid down on her side, relaxed and opened. And in a few hours, she was 10 centimeters with no epidural. Wow. Um, so we just kind of come in and, and help make sure that someone knows that they're safe, knows that they can do it, you know, and you know, I'm breathing with people and, you know, also assisting the partner and saying, let's try this, let's, let's get her up, let's move this way, let's, you know, maybe nitrous oxide is an option, kind of things like that, you know, offering me options that they might not have gotten from the nurse, because where a nurse is also a medical person, um, a nurse is has several patients at once and they have kind of a checklist of things they need to do for each patient um, as per the hospital's guidelines. So they really can't sit there and squeeze your hips or catch your vomit or wave peppermint in front of your nose or like fan your face or, you know, massage your feet. They can't do those things. They don't have the time typically, mm -hmm. at least in the States. So a doula know how to do all of that um, and then make sure that you stay mentally strong through the birth and then hang out with you afterwards and help with breastfeeding if you want to breastfeed or, or, you know, just make sure everything's taken care of. So good. <laughs> it's kind of, like... <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah. I felt like a queen with my doulas. They were like fan in my face, feeding me coconut water, you know, just like, ah, <laughs> oh, it was great. I was a queen. Yeah. And just that, that, that love for another um woman you know that it's so good so powerful because it's a very very vulnerable space but to be so held and supported and loved in that in that space and know that you're safe and you can trust this person or that that team it's got to have some profound impacts on the the birth itself and the arrival earth side of the little person and the mother's um, state of being and partners. It's a ripple effect, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah, interesting. I truly believe that the way a woman is treated in birth um, and her birth experience has a huge psychological impact on her ability to trust herself as a mom. Yeah. And feel confident as a mom throughout. I mean, I, I can see connections in how women are treated in childbirth in the United States specifically, and a lot of the other society issues that you know people could say are political um, that we have that other countries don't have as as 
difficult. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I could see yeah. a huge connection between how a birth is treated, a woman in birth is treated, and a lot of other society things. Yeah, absolutely. And just that um that support postpartum, you know, that fourth trimester that um you kind of just expected to know what to do. I mean, who actually knows what to do, really, for your first anyway. Yeah, like nobody. you yeah, just nobody knows. You don't. And and I think as for us who were older parents, was older, like 30s or whatever, um, even into the 40s, people think you've got it all sorted. So they'll be fine. You know, they've got it all sorted out. They'll know what to do. No, <laughs> might be fine and great in your previous life, your jobs or whatever you're doing that way, but not when it comes to bringing this little person into the world and caring for them and caring for yourself and it's like the village kind of they're they're there for the first few days because everyone wants to see the baby basically and then it dissipates and you're like ah now what do I do your partner's back at work and ah it's it's not that easy you can't move your body the same way you're hungry you're breastfeeding all the time you've only got one hand because you're holding a baby you know it's it is it's a lot you're right yeah and you're dancing in between oh my God, look at all the stuff I should, you know, the shoulding, should be doing. And then you're just like, you're in complete, yeah. you're in so much love with this little, this person. Like, oh my gosh, I could just stare at you all day. <laughs> and yeah, but that comes in waves too. You don't always have that instant, oh, I love this baby. I've known them my whole, you know, where have you been my whole life? Sometimes it takes a while to connect too with the, with the baby, the mother and the child. And I think there's Absolutely. so much guilt when things don't happen, air quotes, as they should do. You know, what society says they should look like. And, oh, we give ourselves such a hard time as mums as well. Um, I can do yeah. it all. You know. We so do. We so yeah. do. And it, yeah. it's, I mean, it's, I feel like it's kind of embedded in our culture. There's yeah. so much. And I, I don't know how it operates how New Zealand operates um, in the United States. I know some things because I have a friend who lives there, but, but um, yeah, I, I feel like the, for me, I didn't know that I needed to ask for help, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I was never taught how to ask for help, right? No. Like it's not culturally something we do. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, Something I actively, even even now, like I still when I run a full time business. I have my two kids. You know, I'm kind of the default parent, which if if you're not familiar with that term, it, it means that um the children kind of gravitate to you for all things, right? Oh, yeah. uh, so oh, yeah. I got a boo boo. They come busting in my office, right? Like yeah. you know, or or even like you know, I make all the doctor's appointments. I yeah. do the meal prepping. I do the grocery shopping. You know, actually. Actually, I won't say that. My husband is at Costco right now buying buying groceries with my two children. <laughs> but, you know, being the default parent, um, in addition to all of the hormonal shifts that a woman goes through, mm-hmm. that makes us feel really unstable. Like, I have felt mostly unstable in the last five years than ever. <laughs> like, you know, and I've been through some things. Um, but asking for help is is a big part of that. And And not only asking for help, but like, in those beginning weeks of motherhood, you know, I, I could have had all the help in the world, but 
I was walking around with no shirt and no bra on because my breasts were so sore from breastfeeding, right? Like, so I didn't want help from like my father-in-law, right? Like, he just like, I needed women to yeah. like surround me and tell me, yeah, this is hard. You're, you're having a hard time and we'll eat and send you in home massage and bring you a dinner. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I wanted. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I think the work that you're doing at that stage, like the pregnancy and the birth and after birth, um, it gives women that experience of working together and being held and supported. And it gives them almost permission to, or an indication of how to ask for help. Like, this is what it looks like. This is what we do. And it's this reciprocity of, um, helping and caring for each other when in need and vice versa if the tables turn it's just it's you're giving them permission and showing them a way to yeah when you need this you ask and it's okay to ask and the people people will come and they will help but they we do live in a society where you do need to ask because it's we're not living in that same way in that village way where you've got grandma or auntie just down the road and they'll just pop in here's some cooking here's some let me take the toddler or the baby or yes we have to recreate it don't we yeah we sure do yeah and it's part of it also is education most people just don't know what to do when they go visit right they're they're like um hey let me hold the baby and the mom's like no I don't want you to hold the baby right now <laughs> right it's kind of um it's hard in that sense yeah so I really feel kind of called to um educate society on how we can really support women who are moms because I, truly I feel that parenthood is the most important job for the human race right like how how we're treated as babies and children will have a direct impact on what kind of hum human beings we become. You know, how empathetic are we to different cultures and different people and how um, honoring of our own self and our own authority are we as adults, right? Because that is a direct contributor for mental health. So I have kind of some resources that I'm working on uh, grounding into a form that it's are for people who are expecting that they can just send out to their friends and family. And one of them is how to visit a new family postpartum. Oh, I right? love it. If you're it. going over in the first first week or two in life, of life, here's the checklist. All right, yes. bring a meal. Ask them ahead of time. What do you want to eat? Do some dishes while you're there. Don't ask to hold the baby. <laughs> right? like, it's like this whole list of things and and if if you know it's, it, if someone says hey we take the well ice hour then yes okay of course but and if you are holding the baby offer to give the baby back because sometimes a new mom feeling like she has to pass around her baby when her nervous system is directly connected to that child and she needs to chill and and being skin to skin with that child for 10 minutes in the bedroom is exactly what she needs to calm down she needs to be able to ask for that. But people don't even know that that's a thing, mm. right? The people are just clueless. So, you know, that's kind of some of the work that I want to bring forward. Yeah. Oh, gosh, it's so important. Oh, I've got goosebumps again when you're saying that. So good. I just love this. <laughs> I think this work is just so needed. 
so so needed and it's it seems so simple right a, a checklist but that's kind of where we're at we do we actually do need to go back to that because um yeah we've forgotten I've had a family member recently um they had a baby and the dad's so incredibly proud and he wants to um show everyone the baby and have photos with everyone holding the baby and I can see mum is going along with it but I I just feel that she's like I kind of just want to be holding the baby myself and I kind of just want to be at home you know I don't actually yeah. want to be on the road visiting I I just want to be I just want to discover myself this is unspoken it's kind of like you know there's just a you can feel it yeah and I it's interesting because he he's so proud he's so proud of her and he loves his baby it's just all beautiful but he in that love it's it's he's unable to see what his partner actually needs and or is this the the best thing right now to be um mm -hmm. to be doing so yeah maybe a checklist but <laughs> A good, yeah, a good thing. some kind of a checklist. And and I, I think just most people, most of our society just doesn't, is not aware of what a woman goes through. No. The hormone changes, the spiritual identity, the body, the, yeah. the, the impact on our bodies. Like yeah. that is really big. Like rest is huge. We have to rest. And yeah. so having a bunch of people coming in and out all day, trying to take the baby away when your breasts are full and you need to breastfeed for 45 yeah. minutes. Right, yeah. but you feel like you have to entertain and give your yes. baby to the to Aunt Nancy or whoever. Like, you know, it's like, that's really hard. <laughs> that's hard on the psyche for sure. Yeah, and I guess it's up to us to. The only way that changes is by us changing the story, re rewriting the story. Hey, and yeah, it mm -hmm. might be uncomfortable at times, but it's for the greater good of yeah, like you're saying, future mums and. And children because it has that ripple effect of when the mum is held and supported then she's better able to do that for her children and then the family and then da -da -da -da, it ripples out so <clears throat> yeah such such powerful work and also as your boys get older and um you know are witness to the work you're doing and their future partners and all of that it's just you're rewriting that story as well permission for boys right. to see um a new way through a, another lens of yeah. bringing little humans into the world rather than the current societal one that's been <clears throat> you know mainly shared yeah oh I I definitely intend to raise them with a lot of knowledge um about women and birth and human beings I guess you can yeah. say how all that works yeah <laughs> I think that's a really foundational thing yeah and it's just we have so many taboos I think New Zealand and the states are similar in some ways of like you don't talk about menstrual cycles and like everything has to be no shh, don't talk about that that's that's yuck yeah. there, there's a oh yeah it annoys me a little bit or well, actually a lot same <laughs> so, same <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> well, you just have to, the only way that changes though is for us to have the conversations and sometimes they feel a bit awkward because it's, um hasn't 
it's not the norm at the moment, but the more we do and the more we empower, like I've got one daughter and I just want her, I want that whole process for her to be so normal and natural and beautiful and for her to honour and respect that rather than have to hide it and be ashamed and, you know, and um, and for my son too, that's uh, it's normalised. Yeah. 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 So many things, but you're away, shower there, Leo, because you're starting. This is what we need. This is what the world needs. Is it's where we start with the the inner impulse we have to to do something and bring something, birth something into the world, and that's yeah. it starts with following that, and that's what you're doing, which is so so good, so good. Thank you. Yeah, it is definitely it's very fulfilling work. It's also challenging super challenging <laughs> oh, I can imagine with the hours you can't like right you can't yeah. go into labor and show the children at school or preschool it doesn't work like that does it <laughs> no it doesn't I mean my my flexibility and adaptability has been um a pretty big strength for this work I mean I I've had to use that I'm a pretty like I'm I'm not a super structured person most of the time so <laughs> that kind of works and spontaneous you could say yeah which would be perfect for that that role <laughs> yeah exactly. Oh, exactly. so good so do you do you have time for yourself and amongst all of these things you still got a young family and your full-time business but what what do you do for you now that soul filling that keeps your soul full that's a good question you know i I'm getting better about it, right? Because um, I I tend to be someone who really likes to give to other people, mm-hmm. um, including my kids. And I have noticed that if I do that too much, my mental health suffers, and then I'm really not able to give anything, right? Like I'm I'm grouchy, I'm yelling, I'm you know yeah. sad, I'm crying, you know I'm I'm tired, or I'm stressed, or I'm overwhelmed. Um, because I, I do feel overwhelmed regularly, I will say. But one of the things that um, since my husband's a paramedic and he's been working pretty, pretty extensive hours, like basically 10 a.m. to 11 p.m. every day, <laughs> almost. Wow. Um, so we see him in the mornings and then it's me kind of from there forward. And um, we've done that on purpose for now, and it, but it doesn't make it necessarily easy. But one of the things that really has um, helped me during this time that really just makes me feel so peaceful and so connected is um, my sons and I go on nature walks. Mm. So I grabbed this little like toddler push car. So it's like this big blue car that they can sit in and I, it has a handle and I push it. It's yeah. not quite a stroller, but it's, you know, kind of a similar in concept. Um, and so I put them in there and I walk because they can't keep up with me. So I get my heart rate up, get some fresh air and I walk as fast as I can. And then whenever they want to stop and look at something we do. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> recently we crossed the street from our house and there's like this, um, river right across the street from us in this kind of foresty woods. And they went to pick a walking stick. So, um, I brought a book and a blanket. And we went to pick the walking stick to start our nature walk. 
and it turned into 20 minutes of them kind of hacking away at this tree, right? Like they were just like hacking up. The, it's a dead tree, not a, not a live tree, but just kind of like picking at the bark and, and, you know, just getting really involved with this giant tree that was on the ground dead. And so I sat down and read a book. And then when it was time to go, um, I grabbed a couple shovels from the garage and we went down to this creek and they dug in the creek with shovels for two hours. And I sat in the sun, you know, I just kind of, they're super entertained out there. There's a whole thing about children being outdoors and Mm -hmm. how important like uninterrupted play outdoors is. Um, So this is something that we're starting to do regularly. And it gives me kind of a a way to be connected to them with also having space, which Mm. is kind of interesting because they're so involved in the nature aspect. So nature walks have been really important and that really does fill me up. And then the other is giving myself time to be creative. So to write down that I have a lot of, I have a lot of knowledge that I want everyone to have and just be kind of mainstream. So, you know, writing articles or um, sitting down and and visualizing planning that really fills me up. Um, I love purging and creating different, you know, things in the home that like, if, if, if everyone leaves the house and I have time to purge and like get rid of things that we're not using, which I think should be like a regular thing, like every month, right? Like the whole family should do that. Um, cause we receive a lot of stuff when you have kids. Um, but just giving myself time to really, you know, create in my home, create, uh, intellectual, things like intellectual classes and articles and you know pieces of information to share um, connecting with friends like I I definitely need friends if I don't have friends I'm going to go crazy that's that's really big those are some of the things that I really need yeah. to do kind of separate from from everything else <laughs> yeah that's so important isn't it because it's it's usually the thing at the bottom of the list oh I do really need that, but I've got all of these other balls I'm juggling and things, people that need me to do this, this, and this, so I'll do that at the bottom. But really needs to come more towards just that conversation with a friend, just a chat with a friend, a good, you know, friend where you don't, you can just be you. You don't have to put on any other mask or facade. You can just, it's so, I don't know, it's medicine. I find it's like, it's it's medicine yeah yeah it is medicine I totally agree that's why <laughs> podcasting is so great yeah, <laughs> right? you're just is. talking to people <laughs> yeah you're talking with people and it's just so inspiring and exciting and I just get so um it's so good it's amazing conversations amazing humans or you know all over the place and um it's so neat everyone can have a well everyone has a story and they have a and the ability to share it. So you have a podcast coming out soon-ish. Do you want to tell us a tiny yeah. bit about that? And then um, we can, because you've got your trailer out, right? So we can follow along and then when, when you, yeah. yeah. I do. Yes, it's called Liberating Motherhood. Um, so it's empowering women to really use their voice and have choices in their journey into motherhood. Um, so it's a focus on childbirth, parenting. So all the kind of hacks that I've learned as a a person who, I I guess you could say, I consider myself like an intentional parent. So, um, really wanting to draw out the potential of my children, 
um, and really just be conscious with how I parent and what I teach them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's parenting, childbirth, and it's kind of all the focus is all of the things in the United States specifically that I feel like sometimes hold us back. Mm-hmm. So one example is not talking about female sexuality, not talking about the changes in our bodies that, that happen. Um, something as simple as how to care for a C-section scar. And if you don't care for a C-section scar, what can happen? Mm. Um, so it'll range from those types of things um, to, you know, the impacts and effects of daycare, you know, having, having a child in daycare all day, every day, because women aren't given paid maternity leave in the United mm. States. Um, you know, there's just so many different things that make it hard to be a mom mm. that I really want to not necessarily fight in any way, but I want to address and I want to educate. And then I want to find solutions and share the solutions that I've had on my journey. Yeah. Um, so it's my personal stories. It's also experts, but um, you know, it ranges everything from learning how to have a conscious informed birth that's peaceful um, to what do you do when you get home? And what do you do when your baby starts eating solids? And how do you take care of, you know, your sex drive three years later? You know, it could be anything. I'm kind of, I'm kind of a, I like to learn a lot of different topics. Yeah, I love it. It's all, it's all so good. So, so good and so needed. And I'm really looking forward to um, that launch date. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you. (laughs) So we will, um, I'll pop all your details or your, how people can find you and follow along um, in the show notes. And, um, yeah, I really look forward to really following along this journey with you. And I'm so grateful that you took the time all the way over there and come to talk to me over here with the help of Zoom. I, I've enjoyed it. I really appreciate you having me. Yeah, thank you so much. And um, yeah, to be continued, probably. I would uh, love that. Thank you, Leah. Um, thank you. Wow, some real pearls of wisdom in there, wasn't there? Leah is so passionate about what she does and I am so glad she listened to that epiphany that she had when she was in that near rock bottom place because that propelled her into what she brings to the world today, which is a real gift. Okay, the takeaways I have, number one, Women experience an identity identity excuse me shift after a baby separates from their body. It's a physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual experience. Number two, the way a woman is treated in birth directly impacts how mamas navigate their entry into motherhood. Number three, hormone shifts can make us feel unstable, and for many, it is hard to ask for help. Mothers need an advocate and someone to hold space for them. Number four, pay attention to what comes into your field and say yes to opportunities. And number five, we need to learn to be kinder to ourselves. So very true. So very true. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. You can find out more about Leah. Um, in the show notes or add all all of her links 
and she is launching her podcast on the oh in a few days from this recording 24th so do go and listen to it she's got so much knowledge and wisdom and she's really excited about starting this journey so um, do tune in and I look forward to seeing you all next week have a beautiful soul filling day